For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening, and that means leading the line from the front and wearing the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, how have things been this past week? Yeah, really good, thanks, Dan. You know, things starting to pick up now. So, um, you know, all, all things doing well and, and looking up for us, mate. Yes, yeah, almost full steam ahead, isn't it? So let's not get ahead of ourselves too much because we need to also introduce James. It means it's full strength. James, how have you been this past week? Yeah, superb, mate. As, as, as Carl says, we're on a bit of a positive at the moment. Important to stay grounded, but yeah, good week for us. Top man, and also make his debut this evening is Ohio from the Touchline Fracar podcast. Ohio, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are things with you, mate? Yeah, no, I'm good, boys. I'm obviously recently jumped on with um, Touchline Hotspur, so you know it's going well. And um, just feels a bit strange to have three wins on the bounce. To be honest, I forgot what it feels like. Well, don't moan about it. I know some people will, and we'll get to that in a moment. Before we do, let's do the social media bits first, so we can dissect yesterday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Coming You Spurs app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us across social media. We're on Twitter at COIS underscore COM and we're on all the major audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. If we're not on one, just let us know. We'll get it on there and everyone's happy. Right, let's get down to business. And that business, Carl, is 13 points for the last 15 on offer. And although people will argue about the style on show, it's an argument which is getting harder to back up as of late. Because I don't know about you, but sign me up for the shithouse. I'm all in now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, you know, if you take that Bournemouth performance out recently, then, you know, the last couple of outings have been a lot more encouraging, haven't they? You know, obviously, it's certainly not the prettiest um, football to watch. Um, and not always the most enjoyable. You know, there are points where you can still see stuff we need to improve on. But, you know, going away to Newcastle, who, you know, they haven't been playing too bad since the restart. Um, and in a way, come away from there in the end with a convincing win. And then playing what I think is a very good Leicester City side at home. Um, and obviously, you know, the way they played showed they are a good side. And in the end, to win that game as convincingly as we have, even though, again, it wasn't the most prettiest at times, wasn't the most exciting. But I tell you now, Dan, if this sort of form continues and we pick up 15, you know, 13 points out of 15, then I don't really see that there's much you can moan about the way things are going. Um I'd certainly be picking up those points and getting those wins rather than playing some good football and actually coming away with either a point or actually nothing in the end. James, in terms of the performances as of late, this brand of Mourinho ball, shall we call it, do you look at the teams that have been playing over the last three, four matches, do you think now that he's now found a favoured eleven or at least one that will see him to the end of the season, you'd like to think additions will be made, but looking at the players that are playing, he seems to have found a platform to now build on. Yeah, I, th- I think he, he obviously stumbled across it um, against Arsenal. Um, that kind of playing Sissoko on the right um, and, 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 you know, packing, that, uh, packing the midfield when, when we're defending and then, uh, and then hitting on the break. Um, it worked quite well for him and obviously it, it was really successful for us this time out. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think he stumbled upon it and I think he'll use it till the end of the season. Um, I, I don't imagine that it's the kind of, um, kind of thing that he wants to implement long term because um, I, I can't see it being a very sustainable 
way of of of, of playing football. Um, you know, it, it was very very successful for us this weekend, but uh, I don't think you'd want it to be your style of football. Um, if it's successful, then great. But I feel like the a performance like that, it, it could it could be Bournemouth. It could be it could be like it was the weekend. You know, I think it's going to be very hit and miss and it's going to rely on, on the teams who we come up against. Um, a team that, that comes out and, and wants to attack us, then it's a great, it's a great use, of, uh, use of tactics because, you know, they're, they're going to leave those spacing behind. But a team that sets up in order to frustrate us in the same way that Bournemouth did, um, I think we're going to struggle. So I, I think he's going to have to pick and choose his games when he, when he goes with that. Um, and if if we are going to come up against a team that, that likes to sit back and, and do what we've been doing, then I think we're going to struggle to break them down because Kane isn't going to be getting in behind like he was, uh, and Son isn't going to be finding the space in between in between the lines because there isn't going to be. And then if you're relying on players like Sissoko to to play that 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 lock picking pass, I don't think he's got it in his locker, so we we could be in a little bit of trouble. But as I say, I, I think I think Jose will use it to the end of the season because because we might get away with it. But we're going to have to find players to fit a system rather than rather than stumbling on what what works for us in the short term. I had another point, James. I was going to ask you in a moment, but I'll flip it back to you now because are we at a point where we're winning as we are, and you can sort of see fans either on board or begrudgingly getting on board, thinking, okay, a win's a win. With that said, any slip up if we sort of revert to a performance like against Bournemouth, where you're not playing with all that possession, you're not showing any swagger, does that mean that fans will then revert to type themselves and be saying, well, why weren't we playing with that extra sort of edge that we had? So it's a very sort of difficult balancing act at the moment. There's progress. You're almost one result away from almost doing all your hard work again. So it's sort of, it's very fine line at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's exactly what I mean, mate, is, is that it, 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 while it's working, while Tottenham are winning, it's almost like we're not, we're not allowed to be disappointed, which, which is understandable. You know, we're picking up the points, so we're, we're not allowed to be negative. Um, I think we're, we're one result away, as you say, we're one result away from things going wrong. And that's, that's how it was against Bournemouth. It was very, you know, we'd, we'd won a few games under Jose before that and, and we were looking, you know, we were looking decent. But that performance was just so dire that that it, it that that is that, that's the other side of the coin. It can either be how it was this weekend, or it can be how it was against Bournemouth. And when it is going to be like when it is going to be like how it was against Bournemouth, it's going to be toxic and it's going to spread throughout the fan base and it's going to and it's going to it's going to spread to the players. Uh, I, I don't know who it was in the media who was mentioning it, but if we'd have played, you know, the way we're playing against. Um, against someone at home with fans then it's going to be a completely different story because the fact if the fans watch that first half an hour and we're not doing anything and we don't look like we're going to do anything they're going to start getting on the players backs and and that will be completely different for them um you know I'm not I'm not complaining at all because Tottenham are winning games at the moment but I just don't think it's a sustainable thing to a sustainable way to be to be playing football and I think, as you say, we're we're just a, a couple of bad results, or even one bad result away from completely souring the whole mood. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of rough and smooth next season. Hopefully, more smooth, but there is going to be some bumps. And if you can win enough games that allow you to draw away at Bournemouth, not that I'm saying you should, and you're still strong in the table, you might just get away with it. But if you're seventh, eighth in the table, and then you're slipping up against a team lower down, you're thinking actually, well, why didn't we revert to type? So it is going to be the sort of like 
you've only got one life to keep going and regenerate yourself. But we'll get to that point in a moment because I want to bring in Ohio because as you're a debutant to the show, I want to get mm-hmm. your take on Mourinho's pragmatism. Are you a points-in-the-bag man regardless of style or are you sort of demanding a little bit extra in terms of flair and entertainment? Um, so as soon as I heard Mourinho was uh, potentially coming to lane, I've been, I'm very anti-Mourinho before he turned up, but I'm, at the same time, I'm like, look, I've, he's what I've got for three years. I've got a transport by any means necessary. Um, I think we got exposed quite badly against Sheffield United. Um, and the, so taking the Arsenal game, for example, which we're all buzzing about, I feel like I'm more happy for um, defending a bit harder if it's going to get the result. I do feel like sometimes there is an over-reliance on the opposition not finishing their dinner, as we saw with the likes of Aubameyang. Um, but then again, it, it is improving. It's not quite the int- the masterclass he did at the new Camp when he had Samuel Eto'o playing right wing back. We're not going to get that every single week. I get that. Um, and, you know, oh, everyone would prefer that swashbuckling style of possession football and looking really saucy going forward and all the finishing and stuff like that. But I think given the current circumstances with the pandemic and not having fans, et cetera, et cetera, do what you've got to do to get us over the line. Because, you know, I love Poch. Poch, Poch is like everyone's everyone's favourite uncle. But the reality is when it came to the crunch time, it didn't really work. And it's like, you know, if this is what's getting us over the line for now, we've got to get to the transfer window. If we're going to give Jose that platform, if we can, if this takes us to sixth and then we can fix stuff, I can't really complain. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know one of the boys just talked about, um, you know, fans getting back on the other side if one result goes wrong. Fans in general are fickle. Do you know what I mean? I, I think whilst I'm not a Mourinho fan, I think it's only fair to just give him time. It seems to be working for now. Get us over the line. We'll see what happens over the summer. Carl, with this all said, I think we're doing Mourinho ball a bit of a disservice because I said last week that the North London derby was, for me, the kind of template where, at the bare minimum, that was the mixture of sacrifice and style, where you'd take that. If you were getting wins, that will do. But you look at yesterday, and the first 45 minutes in particular was a step up from that. So if we get that every week, then there really is no grounds for complaint. Yeah, I think we said, didn't we, Dan, that, you know, that there's going to have to be a middle ground where if you're if you're looking at, say, the top five um, sides, if you turn around and said to every supporter right now, listen, when we come up against the top five, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. And there's going to be times where we don't have a lot of the ball, but we'll come away with wins. I think we'd all probably sit there and go, well, do you know what? Against those sides, we'll take it. Because, you know, it is all about the picking up the points against those big boys. And that's something that we've historically been really poor at. You know, again, when you look at when Jose first come in, good couple of wins. We get our first test against an average Man United side at that point. We fail to turn up and we lose the game. You know, you then you get some momentum going again. You then have Chelsea at home. Again, a Chelsea side that was kind of in a really bad rut at that point. And again, we don't show up and they beat us convincingly. So I think you've got to sit there and say, if you if you have to play ugly against those bigger sides, but you get the win or you, at least you get a point, I'd sit here now and say, yes, I'll take it. I fully get what James is saying, though. There are going to be games where the likes of Bournemouth, um, you know, when a side like Norwich come to, to us, to our ground, like they did in the FA Cup, I don't. I wouldn't then accept that kind of football and and if you like the kind of um, attitude that we're showing, where we want to be really defensive and sit back. 
Those are games where you have got to say, listen, let's go out, attack these, high tempo, get the job done, score a couple of nice goals. And then, like as you say, like yesterday, if you're free up and you then sit back and just say, that's just see this game out, then I've no problem with that because the job's been done. You've done all you need to, you know, and then you can say, we're not doing nothing silly now. And that was a Jose trademark, wasn't it? I think they said on Sky at the time, just after half time. With Jose's old side, if it was 3-0 at half-time, you may as well just go and say to the referee at half-time, <laughs> we may as well end it here because this is what the, this is how the game is going to finish. So, you know, we, that's the kind of thing I do think Jose will need to change his approach of not being so cautious against sides that, quite rightly, we shouldn't really be cautious against. Um, against those top sides, I don't mind seeing a bit of, as we call it, you know, shit-housery football if it needs to be. You know, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be dirty. As Jose might say, be sensible cunts. Um, you know, get the job done. Um, if we do that, I think we'd all sit there and say, yes, we don't mind seeing this. I think the one issue that he's going to need to change next season is we need a creative playmaker. Because, as we said, I don't see us having anyone in the squad at the moment who's got a, you know, a killer through ball apart from Harry Kane himself. And, you know, we're not going to be able to rely on him to sort of play the balls that we need to and open teams up on his own. So we badly need a creative midfielder who can spot those through balls, open up a team in, you know, with one pass. Uh, and, you know, fullbacks who can potentially get forward and actually deliver dangerous balls. Because, again, we've seen with Harry up front, if you give him the right service in the box, he'll score your goals. I think if Jose can get those and, you know, this summer and, and get those players in, I think we see a different side next season. Ohio, if we look overall, since that aberration at Bramall Lane, Obviously, we're ceding possession to teams. We've only conceded two league goals. And when you consider that this is a defence that probably won't be that same for going into next season. There will be, you'd hope, improvements. There is some reason to be positive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, sorry, was that for me or for... That was for Ohio. Yeah, just... So it's, it's one of those ones, you know, Mourinho's trademark from, from the jump from 2004 when he first came to the Prem is defend first, like win via defending. You know, he always said, you say defence is the best form um, of attack. And... You know, whilst it's not my favourite, like I said, that's why he was brought here. Like, I can appreciate. We were, we were leaking goals left, right and centre, you know, before Jose turned up. So his job was to plug those gaps. It has taken a little while. You know, restart has probably done us a little bit of a favour in that. I know Sanchez Sanchez and Dyer were looking a bit sleepy at Bramall Lane. But, you know, I watched, I rewatched the first half just before the call, just to um, refresh the memory a bit. Sanchez did look a lot more solid. Um, generally, I feel like the instruction, it's probably been mentioned on the prior pod where Sissoko is getting those instructions to sort of give um, Aurier a bit of a helping hand because we know that Aurier basically wants to play right wing all the time, which is fair enough. Um, and then I think it helps when, because I personally, stylistically, prefer Bergwijn over Lucas Moura. But what I can appreciate, and I think it was in the Arsenal game, he had, I think, the most tackles out of everyone. I think he had about 10 tackles out of 13. And then just watching the first half, he was just he was just everywhere. You know, he's he's not doing the best job helping um, Aurier defending in a two on two. But when it comes to the press, and you know, like we said, we're looking at, for a bit more creativity from Lacelso. But the the recovery energy and the pressing energy that we're getting from Lacelso and Mora, that's exactly what Jose needs to implement in the system. So, you know, if it's working, if players actually look a bit bothered, which they weren't before, I can't I can't moan about it to be honest. 
James, there's almost a sense that with this head of steam we're building up, we don't want the season to end. It's coming at the wrong time. With that said, there is a saving grace that with there being such a short break or shorter than usual, and there's no major European tournaments or international tournaments, that loss of momentum shouldn't be as hardly felt, should it? No, I mean, it's funny you say that you don't want the season to end. To be honest, mate, I've wanted this season to go (laughs) the week it started. Um, But I think you're right in saying that the the gaps have come at the right time. Obviously, um, the lockdown gap gave gave Jose a little bit of time to to implement a few changes, um, uh, to talk to his players, get to know his players. Um, now we've we've had a little bit of football. He's he's seen a little bit more, and now he's got a, another gap to 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 make even more changes and, and completely change the style if he wants to, um, as well as hopefully being able to add to the squad. Um, I, I'm completely in the same vein as Ohio. I, I I was never a Mourinho fan at all, but this is the hand that we've been dealt, and I you know as long as he's at the helm as as Tottenham manager. I'll support him, and so that me, part of supporting him is is hoping that he gets to bring in the players that he wants to bring in. Um, that 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 is that is part and parcel of being Tottenham manager, and, and if and if that's him, then so be it. Uh, and and it's great that he's going to have have this time to to look at what he's look at what we've done over the last few games. There's plenty of analysis to go on there, uh, and and there'll be no excuse. You know, we said there'd be no excuse coming in after after lockdown because we've got our our, our fully fit squad again. Um, and and it will be the same going into next season. Um, I just hope that by then he's found a system that that he wants to stick with, um, uh, and a system that the players understand. Because you know there's, there's a lot of good players in that squad. They've all got some great attributes amongst them. Um, it's just getting the best out of them. And and you know I, I just hope we're not going to be as hit and miss next season for the whole season as we have been uh, at, the, at the back end of this one because. Uh, at the end of the day, it's always been our consistency that's let us down, um, and 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 it's consistency that that gets you challenging for the title and, and gets you into the top four of the Premier League. So, um, yeah, fingers fingers crossed for for Jose over this next break that he can he can implement what he wants to implement and and hopefully, as I say, add to the squad. Cole, a lot of people have been making up tables or printing tables where it's been form guide since Reno's arrival or form guide since the restart. They're always a little bit dangerous to sort of use as gospel and a little bit inconclusive at the same time. That said, the results aren't that bad as an overall sample. So the job has been far from perfect. I don't think anyone can agree it's been 100%. But it's not been as bad as people have made out under Reno, has it? No, I mean, you know, there's definitely been imp- there's definitely been an improvement, isn't there, since, you know, the, the side, the way they were playing under Poch towards the end. Um I think, you know, he is starting to slowly shore us up. You know, apart from that um, Sheffield United game, um, we've looked reasonably solid defensively. I mean, I say that, you know, again, if we go back to the win again, if we go back to the win this weekend, I think there's been key moments, you know, I put it out on Twitter yesterday that I think that Larice save at one nil um, is a crucial save in the game because I think if that goes in, Leicester at that point was starting to look really dangerous and potentially you now they get their towels up and and who knows. Um, but we have looked better, more solid. Um, there's still work to be done, but and as we say, you know, we have to remember this is a side that needs two new fullbacks. You know. Surge gets into some great positions in an attacking sense. Um, unfortunately, as we saw against Newcastle, Sheffield United, um, and as we've seen in pre- you know, many previous games, unfortunately, defensively, he lacks that kind of concentration and discipline. You know, Davies on the left, 
a solid pro, um, you know, a player that you probably want in your squad um, that can come in and just do a real solid job. But he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be a left back that kind of, you know, a Robertson type that's going to whip balls in, get forward and be dangerous in an attacking sense. Um, so I think they're two real weak areas. And Jose is probably just trying to find a way that he can play with those fullbacks, because unfortunately, that's all we've got right now. Um, and, and he does obviously want to make changes, but we've looked better. You know, I think Toby and Sanchez, to me, that is my ideal pairing. You know, I think he's found a good pair in there that, you know, for me, I think Dyer's ban has come at a real unfortunate time for him because I don't see him getting back in the side right now. For me, I like the way Sanchez and Toby have played together. They seem reasonably solid. Um, so, yeah, as you say, you know, as you, you're right in what you say. You know, anyone who prints up a table and says, look, we would be third right now under this guy, you know, forget those tables. They mean nothing. Next season will be the true test if we can come in and start. And like, as we say, if we start the season by picking 13 points up out of 15, we'll be sitting here going, right, this guy may be onto something right now. And we, you know, this could be a side, if it keeps going like this, could be up there challenging. But we know, that, you know, summers are very important at, at Spurs um, and we don't ever seem to get it right. So we've just got to hope for once that our chairman does finally back a manager the way he needs to be backed. And then we'll see what we can produce next season. Well, as you say, ultimately, the answers are going to be in the distance. We might get a short-term answer by Sunday if we finish in the top six to get to the Europa League. We can sort of say that this change has worked to a certain degree. Really, this change and the change of style is only really going to work if we are, i say, in the top four as a minimum next season. But fundamentally, it's silverware. Now, as I said last week, there's no guarantee you're going to play bad football and get those prizes at the end. You might get the bad football and you might get to a final and then lose. And then you think, well, what was that season for also? So it's all conjecture. All we can do is sort of look into our crystal balls and hope there is something at the promised land. But again, who's to know? With that said, Ohio, a point was made in our pod last week that the reason the club have got away with this current playing style was the fact there's no fans to sort of take umbrage to the style and G them along. A point that Jamie Redknapp also made. So Jamie, hi if you're listening. But is that a fair point? Or could you easily say just as much that fans were getting on Potch's back at the end of his tenure when we were having 70% position. So it's maybe not about what you have with the ball and how much of it. You, it's just more about what you do with it at the same time. Yeah, I think I think it's a culmination of all things. I don't think it's one of one or the other. I think it's a very nuanced, grey area conversation. Um, I, I had this conversation with one of our boys. They were complaining about you know the lack of crowd noise and you know hearing players call for one twos and stuff. And I said, you know, you can't underestimate the psychological effects that someone can get something wrong and they don't have 60,000 people on their neck about it. Do you know what I mean? They can, they can think, okay, I've got that wrong. My manager's going to have a word on the drinks break in a couple of minutes. And I'm going to go again. Um, and, you know, just referring back to a point about fans being fickle. If a fan doesn't like what they see in that moment, you know, in their opinion, they've paid their money. They can be as vocal about it. But, you know, that's, that's personally not my particular style. I've got, we all got to remember players are human. Um, and then just back to your point about, you know, fans complaining about Poch and that. I think fans just probably just got a bit tired towards the end of the Poch when it's like, yeah, we've looked good this whole time, but, you know, we've lost the Champions League final. We've had all this ball. We keep losing games at home that we shouldn't. So I think I think we just keep coming back to this central point of just being content with what we're given at the moment. And like I've, you know, I've been supporting Tottenham for a long time since, you know, probably potentially longer, uh, you boys probably longer than me. Um, but, you know, I've been there since the days of, 
before you know we had a you know Dean Richards and that as centre back and we would be three 0 up to United at home and lose five three. Like I've just I've just got to be content for now and just get us over the line because you know I, I've, I've I call Jose the new the top four Sam Allardyce because he's he's coming he's got to do a job. Do you know what I mean? And that's what he's there for at the end of the day. Right, let's focus on the game itself yesterday. James, I think a perfect start, really. One which also would have gone some way to settling nerves, because let's be honest, even though Leicester are in a massive spiral, it was never going to be an easy game. So although the opener was credited as an own goal in the end, Hyunmin Song seems to be back in one of those upward curves that we need in terms of form. Yeah, it's one of those where everything he gets onto, um, bums are out of sofas. Uh, and and he he looks like he's going to score and and it's it's that kind of luck that you only get if if you're playing like that you know if he if he didn't drive at the defender and and try and bend it in that far corner then it, they it wouldn't have got the deflection we wouldn't we wouldn't be one 0 up and I think that that is the key to this Mourinho formula is is getting a goal early um, if we don't then that's where frustration creeps in and. Uh, and uh, and the opposition get their back up because because they know that they're frustrating us and they know they're keeping us out. But I mean, back to Sonny. I think he he he's he's probably enjoying playing in that role at the moment. There's less defensive responsibility on him. I think in in the early days of Mourinho, uh, Son was was kind of stuck out on this left hand side and uh, and was having to do the defensive duties that we've seen Lucas Moura been doing the, like, the last few games, do, doing a quite a good job actually. Um, but I don't think that that's the kind of player that Sonny is. He, he he's not. If he, he's best at the other end of the pitch rather than uh, mucking in defensively, um, and that that's he, I think him and Harry work great together because um, because of Harry's passing range uh, and and the way that Sonny gets him gets him behind and gets him between the lines. So yeah, I, I think he'll he'll certainly if he's not going to take the goal credit, he's he's going to take credit for for creating it and. Um, and, and as I say, it's a really important start to the game, and uh, hopefully Sonny can grab a couple more to the end of the season just to just to justify that that Player of the Year trophy. And Carl, we talk about counter-attacking football. I guess there's no greater example than our second because one end to the other. And I know Harry Kane will get the spoils because he scored. I think credit has to go to Lucas Moura for the insightful pass which played in the England forward. Yeah, um, I thought Moura's you know had a couple of decent games now, hasn't he? You know, he has been really hit and miss. Um, this season and to be honest he's he's probably kind of underperformed you know we've spoke quite a bit about Lucas haven't we and the fact that you know the chances are his main we'll all remember him in a few years time just purely for that one night in Amsterdam um, but yesterday in the game against Arsenal I thought he played really well you know he's there to do a job um, and he seems to be having a bit of a contribution you know and he can get on the ball he can be dangerous um, the pass put Kane out a little bit wider, didn't it, for the goal? But I thought his overall performance, he's done really well the last two games. Um, I, I'm a bit like Ohio. I'd prefer to see um, Bergvine getting games, but obviously Jose wants him to do a job. And if he carries on performing the way he is, um, then, you know, I don't think we can moan about those sort of performances. Um, how much of a part he'll play next season, I'm not so sure. But these last few games, I can't knock him at all. He's, he's done a really good job for the team. Oh, yeah, he certainly raised his game. If that was the benchmark for him each week, I don't think there would be too many complaints. I think you'd think, yeah, either a direct rival for Bergwijn or a much more decent impact sub. It's only when he goes missing for two or three games in a row or gets in someone's way continuously and you think, well, what is he actually offering at the moment? But as you say, Carl, last two matches, very hard to find fault at all. 
Um, Cole, you mentioned about Hugo Lloris' save, so we won't cover that. But what I will ask Ohio is, there was a bit of a clamour, sort of not quite in the restart, but before that, regarding that maybe Hugo was at the point where he should be transitioned away from the team or the club itself, and Gazaniga comes in. But on the evidence of his offering since the restart, you'd have to say he's one of the players which has benefited the most from Jose's tutelage. Yeah, no, I have to agree with that 100%. Um, I was, I wouldn't say I was Lloris out camp, but I was like, is Lloris on the decline? Because um, obviously he did just come off a World Cup winning that, but I just, he just, I just didn't feel solid with him in the air. I didn't feel solid with him. He's always been a, like a pretty decent shot stopper, but he does always just have, you always felt like there was a moment in him. There was always squeaky bum time when the ball was in the six yard box. Um, but I, I have to say he's genuinely been our best player for me anyway since restart he's just he just looked a lot more commanding i think he only had like the one flap from a really deep cross from him i think harvey barnes hit a really swervy cross and Luis wasn't quite to be fair i wasn't sure what he was going to do anyway but um you know and something i said on, on the touchline hotspur um podcast was that it's it's not even just necessarily just leaders we're looking for we need somebody we need a, a, a group of everyone to just sort of be able to say we've got to stand up and be counted right now because the, the club is relying on us and when Lloris went to go and beef Son that time at halftime, initially I thought, oh, here we go. We're all about to implode. And I thought about it. I was, you know what? I'm glad my goalkeepers run 50 metres to go and have a go at somebody for not tracking back. You know, that was the sort of bit where I was like, you know what? This is, he's actually proper stepping up, not just in terms of his shot stopping and his command in the air, but in terms of like actually Gene players up. Because we don't obviously see what happens in the changing room, but... You know he's 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 leading via his performances. You know and that and that kind of thing can only be inspirational um, for the back line. And I also think what's helped is you know Dyer looked better um, when he came from the restart. But I think Lloris's form coinciding with Toby and looking like the old Toby is just really really positive for us right now. Yeah, it's a very good point. They seem to be quite interlinked in terms of form at the moment, and hopefully that'll continue into next season. Now, James, in a week where some media outlets were asking the question whether Harry Kane was finished, what a performance to silence those idiots. Because the f first goal was great, the second goal was simply outstanding. Yeah, mate, absolutely fantastic. And and one thing, uh, you know, I picked up on at the time and I, I saw a video compilation of it on Twitter is is he, he loves that type of goal. Um, you know, it's it's not something you necessarily associate with him. You, you associate him with... Uh, a bit of maybe a fox in the box kind of striker, but he's just not that at all. He just isn't. He, he's, the amount of times he's picked that ball up on the left hand side and come inside and, and, and found that far corner, um, it, it's becoming a real trait for him. Um, absolutely measured to perfection. And do you know what? I think it was just his all round gameplay was was really really encouraging. The fact that he looked like he he maybe had that yard of pace again. That when he first came back from that hamstring injury, you were thinking. He's never going to be the same player because he, he's lost that yard of pace and he wasn't taking pot shots. And um, I think I think it was going back a few games now. Harry Kane had a shot in the in, in the first like fifteen minutes that was you know it was meat and drink for the keeper. But I I, I celebrated it and and everyone was with, I was with was thinking what 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 are you doing? And I'm like if Harry Kane's having shots like that early on in the game, he's getting his eye in. One of them's going in, and and that's that's the side the, the the side of Harry Kane that we haven't seen at all this season, just picking the ball up maybe thirty yards from goal, driving forward and having a dig, you know he'll he'll buy us five ten goals a season from from doing that. He always has, um, and and you know it, it just he didn't look the same player when he was 
around about his injuries and, and, and you know, you can see his reluctancy to shoot. He's taking too many touches uh, and he doesn't look like that player anymore. Um, when he's when he's having pot shots, when he's when he's trying to get in behind, um, he's, he's a different kind of player and, and he was, I, I think you'd call it unplayable yesterday, at the weekend. He was, he was absolutely unplayable. Carl, it's not just Kane's goal scoring which had people purring yesterday. I know we've been a bit critical of the fact he's trying to play Left midfield, set them back at times. You know, he's, he's bit bit too much of everywhere. But I think a perfect example of how effective he can be deeper was that beautiful reverse pass in the second half. Yeah, I think you know that that is you know his all round game is phenomenal, and and his passing ability is second to none. You know, I don't think you'll find many strikers in the game who've probably got a better pass on than, than Harry Kane. Uh, for me, I said yesterday, I still believe he's the best out-and-out striker in world football. You know, if, if, if you offered me Harry Kane over most people, I'm taking Harry Kane all day long because he is deadly in front of goal. He's ice cool. Um, and, and he does add a massive contribution to the team in terms of passing. You know, not only was that through ball to Son, which was a shame he couldn't keep his feet and take it on and score. But, you know, the ball for Son's first goal, it's outside of the foot, perfectly into his run. Son doesn't have to break his stride. Um, and from that goal, you know, we, we get the game going. He's got he's got everything. You know, the guy is just, you know, one of the best. Um, and we just have to hope that we can try and keep hold of him. Um, because I think, you know, he is key to making us a great side. Um, and, and it would just be such a shame because if we was to lose him right now, then I think that's a real massive blow for the club. And, and I think that just kills us. Another Harry who could be departing Ohio is Harry Winks. Now, I think he got hold of Leicester midfield yesterday really well, had a great showing, better than he's had in quite a while. However, there's talk that he could be a casualty if we sign Huyberg from Southampton. So do you buy into the rumour that we'll sign the Dane and do you see the England international moving because of it? I personally, I don't know if it's that I don't want him to go, I don't think he'll go. I don't think he'll go because I haven't heard anybody who would come in for him per se. And I get why people are a bit neither here nor there um, with winks on occasion. But we have to understand that we don't have a lot of uh, players in sentiment who can play deep and, of, and are quite press resistant. You know, I can. I, it's one, if I see um, Winks surrounded by two players, I'm not going to shit myself if they give him the ball. Whereas, with all due respect to Sissoko, who the instructions he's given, he carries them out well. If you put Sissoko at the base, I'm going to shit myself. You know, I think it's it might do actually Wink do Winks a favour to have that kind of competition at the base of midfield from Hoybierg. Um I can't say I've watched Hoybierg a lot. I am I'm definitely going to try and see if um, Hassan Hootel plays him. Um, just to see what he's like receiving the ball in tight spaces, because I understand that we are trying to play on the break a bit more. But, you know, the games where, you know, Norwich are going down, but when we're going to have the Norwiches at home and stuff, and we want to be potentially building from the back or somebody to start the attacks, like Kane is, sorry, Wink, sorry, is very, very good for that. Um, I do appreciate because of his lack of physicality on occasion, he can get a bit overrun. I think he was committing maybe a few too many fouls um, in the North London derby. But I think, you know, I, I'm a fan of him. I don't want him to go. Um, and I think it would actually just be a good thing if we had them both because I think the competition would actually make them both um, pretty good players. And I'm pretty sure they're the same age as well. So that's an interesting caveat also. Yeah, like you say, who actually comes in for Winks? It's all very well saying we've got a new player, we've now got surplus, but you've still got to ship him out somewhere. You could look up the chain. There's always that danger he looks better or plays better for somebody else, which... 
then you look at what kind of suitors would come in. Would it be Man City? Would it be Man United? There's no obvious target at present. So we'd probably point to him staying at the club for at least another season. With that said, James Ndombele, a topic we've covered many times and his injury, in inverted commas, for you, is this a real one or is he now being kept in as much cotton wool as he can to then be used as a sacrificial lamb in terms of the summer spending? Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, I think it is the latter. Yeah, he's being kept. Um, you know, we, we saw it with Sane um, at Man City um, when he was due to go to, to Bayern and he picked up a stupid injury, which meant that it stalled, stalled him for another year. Um, I think I think it's all very just in case. Uh, I think I think it's it's we're keeping him under wraps just in case he gets injured, just in case someone comes in for him. Um, I think because I think if someone does come in and offer us sixty million, I think he's on his bike. Um, that that that's not a good thing if you ask me. I think he's I think he's a great player and I think he if he got over his injury weight issues, whichever it is and found a space in this Spurs side, I feel like he could be a great player for us. Um, but I, I think under the under the current circumstances, maybe money being a little bit short, uh, if if Jose wants a couple of fullbacks, then it, it, there's going to have to be some, some some kind of sale. And, you know, just selling the, the cannon fodder isn't, isn't going to be enough. You have to sacrifice someone like Ndombele, especially if it's going to be uh, 60, 70 million in the kitty. Um whether that's going to happen is is an interesting one because as as we've said before on this pod, I, I, due to the way the world is at the moment, I don't know if anyone's going to have those those funds spare. And if you have got a spare sixty million pounds to spend on a player, is it going to be someone like Ndombele? Because from what you've seen, maybe not. Um, but but from a Daniel Levy, from a Jose Mourinho's perspective, keep him wrapped in cotton wool just in case there is a club out there who who feel they are going to spend 60 65 million pounds on, on a player and it be him because if 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 it comes in for him um I, I feel like the Tottenham hierarchy are going to sell 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 um and and if you look at the the if this is the formation that Jose is going to play then you you wouldn't you wouldn't play in Dombele in a midfield too because you, I, I don't think he'd cover the ground um that someone like Winks or La Celso does uh he probably wouldn't uh, protect his fullback the way that, that Sissoko does. Um, so uh, if, if this is the formation that he wants to play, then there's there's no space for Ndombele. If he wants to play four three three, then then there's certainly a space for him. But I don't think he is. And, and so if someone comes in with, with sixty five million pound um, or, or you know close to fifty, what we paid for him, then I feel like they are gonna they're gonna take that offer. Carl, we might need that revenue because if we finish the top six and ask to win the FA Cup, our quest for Europe comes out a little bit tougher, doesn't it? So it might be a case of, you know, sell the crown jewels or some of them anyway to uh, fund any summer spring. Yeah, and, and let's face it, Dan, knowing our luck, I, you wouldn't be surprised if that's going to be the outcome, isn't well, it? Well, exactly. You know, <laughs> just reminds you of the famous finish four and there's no way Chelsea can beat Bayern in their own stadium. Uh, <laughs> you know, but... Yes, I, I do agree. You know, for me, I, I think there's two players right now in this squad that if you're looking to raise funds when money's tight, there's two players for me now. I think we could either be really brave and take the kind of Liverpool and Coutinho route 
that for me is Ndombele because it's quite clear that Jose doesn't like him. So there's no point trying to keep him around if, if the manager's made his mind up. Um, and we know Jose's not one of those managers who suddenly has a change of heart and suddenly you're in. Um, so Ndombele for me, I think will definitely be gone. I think we'll regret it because we'll probably be one of those players we're looking back on going, oh, see, well, knew we should have kept him. Um but the other for me that I think, you know, if we really want to rebuild this summer, I think you put Deli Alley in that mix. And again, you know, I think you could probably be looking at getting around sort of 50 mil um, for him, maybe 45, 50 mil, given, you know, the current financial climate. And I think if you were to sell those two players and then get rid of some dead wood around them as well. Um, you could have a nice kitty to then go and let Jose do a bit of a rebuild. And, you know, we might have to be brave. You know, none of us want to see some of these players go because, they're, you know, we're very fond of them, um, especially someone like Deli Ali. You know, we have great memories of what he's done. But at some point, you've got to be brave. Uh, and you might, if, if money's tight, then you may have to sell one for the greater good or two for the greater good. And for me, I think those are two that this summer, it wouldn't surprise me if either one was to leave. Ohio, if we're putting a £50 million price tag on Deli Alley's head, admittedly the market will create some of that necessity due to a lack of money everywhere. But that's also quite the fall from grace, because really, if you look at it, say, 24 months ago, you'd be asking perhaps double that figure. I think, so personally with Deli Ali, he was having, he had a very good run when he first touched down. He was a very unknown quantity in the league, and I think that worked in his favour quite well. Um, but honestly, I haven't been Delhi's fan for about 24 months. Um, I'm neither here nor there with when it comes to actually selling him. What I will say is, we touched on um, in Dom not necessarily fitting in stylistically and tactically, but the credit I'll give Jose is that, especially against Newcastle, we sort of started with a 4-4-2, wasn't working. Switched to a 4-3-3, kind of wasn't working. Went with a 4-2-3-1. And Dom can fit more in that. Whereas if you look with Deli Alley, there's always this argument where, okay, he's maybe he's a 9.5, he's a shadow striker because he's not a 10. We've tried to play him in, in midfield. And unless you're giving him really strict instructions against Real Madrid, it doesn't work. I feel Deli's too limited for what we're trying to do. Um, again, it's, it's all about having suitors because I genuinely don't know who would take him. Um, I personally, and this isn't an agenda thing, I wouldn't actually be that upset if he left because he do he just doesn't fit right now, personally. Well, that's going to be my next question. Where does he go? Because it's all very well saying he's 50 million, but if you're looking at the other teams in the top six, James, is there a natural fit? You know, Chelsea don't need him. Again, Manchester Club's probably not. Liverpool probably won't look in his direction either. So where, where would he go? I think I've mentioned before, I think the only kind of place I could maybe see him go in is, is like PSG, maybe. Um, a, a kind of place like that who, who tend to buy um, footballers on their market value uh, in terms of, you know, sellability. And, you know, he's, he's a bit of a celebrity. He's, he's quite stylish. He, he He's quite skillful. Um, he, he could probably have quite, have quite a bit of fun over there um, playing with the likes of Neymar and Mbappe. But, I, I, you know, the other one maybe Juventus or somewhere in Italy, but I, I just can't see him really fitting in there. So the, the only place I could really see him going, um, would yeah, would be PSG. Um, but as I say, it's just, it's very similar to Ndombele in that if you're a club and you've got a spare sixty million, do you address the the problems that you've got in the in the squad? Do you invest in in some fullbacks or do you invest in a defensive midfielder or or even a goalkeeper? You know, look at what Liverpool did. 
you know that that that's what they did. They built on the on the base of of, of players rather than these these luxury players, these Rolls Royce players that I just don't think anyone's going to have the money. And if they do have the money, that they're not going to put them towards those kind of players. They're going to address problems further back. So um, I, I think I'm fairly certain that Delhi will be a Tottenham player um, come next season. Um, but I, I think I understand what the lads are saying, and that there need, if there needs to be someone you sacrifice to to bring the money in. Um, but I think in the case of Delhi and Dombele, I think we'll we'll regret both because they're both great footballers they can go elsewhere and be and be great players um you know look at look at how much that Havertz is, is being is being sold for and I think Delhi he has the potential to be just as good uh if not better because he, he's done it in the Premier League in the past it doesn't mean that he can't do it again players have dips in form and that dip in form could be two years long but Delhi Ali has still got the raw potential and to, and if he's playing in a system that suits him in the same way that Havertz is, is playing in a system that suits him at, at Leverkusen. I think they're very similar players and and can can do very similar things, which is score goals from midfield. And you know that is a luxury to have in the team. Just before you, sorry, I, I know it's a it's a case where we ask each other questions. I do apologise. I don't want to mess up the protocol, but I I think with Havertz, I think we have to appreciate Havertz has been playing either centre forward, false nine, right wing and um, left centre mid and has been performing clinically in each position. Like, I, I think I think it's, I think we should all have try and have a bit of faith in Deli Ali 100%, but I, I don't think he's anywhere near Havertz personally. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, it's a game of, game of, game of opinions, of course, but I, I think, I think if, you're, if you're saying Havertz playing centre forward and, and playing that, that second striker, I think Deli can do that as well. I, I totally agree that we wouldn't stick Deli Ali on the wing. Uh, and and he, I think the case with Delhi is that he, his main problem was that he thought he was too good. And he, if if we weren't playing a system that that made him the centre, then I, I think we struggled a little bit. But in the same way that if if, if Havertz plays in a in a position that suits him, he can be a game changer. I think Delhi, if he finds a system and also gets a little bit more grounded and and actually digs in and does the hard work. Um, then I think I think there's there's similar amounts of potential there. I guess, Carl, the problem is that it's all very well fans saying fifty million Deli Ali, fifty million Ndombele. If we sell him a hundred million, but by that virtue, are they almost too expensive already? Because of the issues that James has said, if you're very short on money, you want to be buying players that are, let's shall we say, desired assets over the summer, not broken toys. See, I think with Ndombele, I think there'll be suitors out there who want him. You know, I just think given the season he's had here and with the, you know, with Jose coming in, I still think there's lots of people out there who will sit there and go, I think this bloke is going to be special and he probably just needs to be at the right club with the right manager and maybe Tottenham wasn't the right fit and Jose wasn't the right manager. So I think, you know, for me, he's going to be the key one who goes in the summer for the for the fun building. Um, Delhi Alley for me, I don't see no one out there wanting to spend the money because I just think the guy has gone so far off the boil, and his performances when he's been in have been really poor. You know, he doesn't; he's not good at holding the ball up. Um, you know, he loses it far too often by being far too casual. And I think it was Curtis Woodhouse put a tweet out, didn't he, saying, unfortunately, yeah. the trouble is Deli Alley is just a good runner in the box who can time a run, 
good heading, gets on the end of things, and he actually just needs to get back to doing that because right now he's probably believing his own hype and thinks he's a bit of a, you know, on the ball, he's a bit of a messy, or, you know, he can do stuff on the ball when that isn't actually his game. Um, You know, I I agree, you know, know, Ali's one of them, I say, we're all fond of. I think I saw, you know, Mourinho tried him up front in a few games and Deli Ali just lost for me. So I don't believe there's any way Deli Ali can play as a striker. I don't think he's got that in his game at all. Um, I just, yeah, I don't think anyone would take him for the sort of money we'd probably be asking, if I'm honest. So I do believe he'll be at the club next season. Um, I just think then we've got to try and get him back to his best, haven't we? Which is, like I say, sitting behind Kane, say to him, I want you making runs, you know, when, when Toby gets the ball, I want you to time that run over the top like we've seen you score lots of goals doing that. You know, don't try to get on the ball too much because unfortunately it isn't his game. You know, he has been not just poor, he has been abysmal at certain points over the last couple of seasons. Um, and, you know, I don't see him going because I don't see no one paying that money. But that's hope we can get, you know, he can find that magic over the summer because if he gets back to doing that you know running from deep and getting in the box at the right time you've got a 15 you know 20 goal a season midfielder which if you want to be up there winning things you need one of those I think he's genuinely at a crossroads in his career I know he's quite early in his what you you know another sort of 10 years in his lifespan all that but you look at him now if he goes in the right direction as you say Carl he's back to his best and what we love it goes the wrong way, we've probably got like a Tom Cleverley kind of player on our hands where he just sort of fizzled out. It's going to be quite a pivotal campaign going into the next one for Deli Alley, but one player we won't have, 99% likely of, is Jan Vertonghen. So, Ohio, eight-year service, the grand goodbye unfortunately not happening, a tough call, I guess, in terms of letting him go, but all players hit that wall eventually. There is a time to say goodbye, and for Super Jan, he's finally found his kryptonite. Indeed. I think I've been a fan of Jan since he first came. I think everybody everybody has. Um, he got into a little bit of a decline and realistically he's probably just going to go he's going to go home he's going to go back to Ajax probably and just retire and have a nice life with Daily Blind just chilling at half time um, I think there's nothing we can really say against Jan I think he's always performed you know you normally get bare minimum 7.5 out of 10 from Jan over these 8 years um, he's been he's been there in some great moments um, he's always been very very solid I don't think we've ever really questioned his form up until recently is that coming with age is, is his physicality um, going down personally and he probably also maybe bored is the wrong word maybe a little bit disillusioned with the club direction I feel like if we got the rebuild that uh, Mauricio asked for 18 months ago Jan could potentially stick around and happily be a squad player or because you know we, he, yeah he's not playing but we don't know what kind of effect he's having on the likes of, you know, Tanganga and the more maybe defensive midfield players like Skip and them seeing those experienced players who have been there and done it for Spurs and have been there at the peak moments. I think his experience, even off the pitch, is going to be missed. But, you know, like I said, I I can never say a bad word about him. He's always um, performed to his best and just good luck to him. Absolutely. I echo those statements. But James, if you believe Friday's reports, a replacement in the ranks could be found as soon as the end of the month with another Korean joining us. That being Kim Min Jae. I can't say I've ever seen him play. And if anyone has, they're an absolute liar. So he may be excellent, but the cynic in me says there might be a hint of shirt sales in this. Yeah, no, mate, I've watched him play loads of times. <laughs> I think he's, uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's it's one of those one of those 
yeah, one of those transfers, isn't it? I mean, we've we've been relatively successful with those kind of transfers over the last few years. I think uh, I, I read somewhere that DeAndre Yedlin made made like three times his transfer fee back in in sponsorship deals and 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 shirt sales when he signed in uh, from you know signed from what was it Seattle. Uh, Clint Dempsey comes to Spurs as well, and and you could even argue that Sonny was uh, initially one of those kind of signings. Um, but that you know, look how how that's worked out for us. Um, I, I, honestly, mate, I, I, I haven't seen him kick a football. It, it, I don't know whether he could kick a football. Um, <laughs> I hope he can. But, uh, I, I really do hope so. Um, but yeah, it, it, Daniel Levy, these are the kind of things that he's usually quite savvy with. Um, if he's a, if he's a decent player around the squad, then um, then that's a positive as well. Um, but I think if we're going after centre backs, and I'm reading today that Ake is leaving Bournemouth for City for 35 million, I think that you know that that would be the perfect replacement for Jan Vertonghen if you ask me. That left-sided centre back, uh, and he, you know, he's got Premier League experience. He could hold down the place for an entire season. Um, but you know, it's it's all again a question of money and whether we we want to spend money on a centre back when we when we need fullbacks. Um, I, I have no idea what transfer fees banded around for this centre half, but you know, you, you, you just, you, there's always those questions on the tip of your tongue, isn't there? Like, if if he's if he's fifteen million pound, then why wouldn't you have spent that fifteen million pound on Dybala last year on the image rights and brought him in? But that maybe that's just what goes through my mind. Um, I, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that he's a player that we need. Um, but if it if it's a if it's one for the books, then then it's a big win for Daniel Levy. Absolutely. And Cole, we've also been raiding Wigan's talent ranks. We signed a 15-year-old for half a million pounds, the name being Alfie Devine. So you might have to cast your mind back. But what were you doing at 15 years old, Cole? I couldn't tell you, Dan, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, no, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be good. Um, but I, I have heard good things about this young lad. To be honest, I haven't actually, oh, I haven't seen him play again. I think this will be one of them that you probably have lots of people saying to you, no, I watch him every week and he's brilliant. And, you know, I, I don't believe it. But I, again, I, I've no problem with signing players like that, young players like that. Um, but right now, I think, you know, again, we, we go back to the Levy and the transfer policy. For me, the only money I would be investing right now if I was the club is money in players who are going to come in and improve the first team. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we can afford to be wasting a single penny right now bringing players in who are not going to contribute um, or at least you know in, improve the first team in any way, shape or form. Um, but, you know, you have got to bring these guys in. I've, I've heard good stuff. So that's just hope he's one of them that we finally, you know, we do get to ever see in a Spurs shirt and he's not just one that's brought in and then sold on in a couple of years because we've had enough of those over our time, haven't we? Yeah, hopefully he's not another John Bostock, which brings us very quickly onto Crystal Palace on Sunday. So I don't know the score at the moment. Does anyone know how they're doing against Wolves? We're live. I don't know the score. Anyone? I know Wolves were one up at one point. Right, that feeds in nicely because, Carl, we know, as good as anyone, Crystal Palace, they're on the beach. The deck chairs are out. The cigars are being smoked. The Hawaiian shirts are ready for Sunday. Is Dr Tottenham also ready on call? No, you know, listen, Hodgson needs to come out in a, you know, <laughs> Panama hat with a big fat Cuban on. <laughs> you know, they do. I think you put the post out, Dan, which is brilliant, that they should be planning in a Hawaiian shirt yeah. kit. Uh, because they are done at the moment. Um, I can't see them tripping us up. 
Um, I just think, you know, we want to finish strongly. I think they just want to get these games done, dusted and out of the way. Um, we just got to hope VAR continues to be, you know, Palace's friend the way it's been because they've had some real, real dodgy things go against them. So let's just hope that continues. But I do think, given our form at the moment and their form, I'd like to think we should be too strong for them. I'd like to think so too. So to wrap things up, I'll take a prediction. I want the score and I also want where we'll finish in the league table, be that six or seven. So Ohio, I'll start with you, mate. Um, I'm usually Mr. Pessimist slash realist, but you know, I can only be anything but positive, so I'm gonna say six. Six, and what about the score on Sunday? I'm gonna say two one, Kane Brace. Okay, and James, what about yourself, mate? I'm gonna go two nil Tottenham. Uh, and I'm going to go, yeah, we finish in sixth place. I like it. And Cole, what about you? So I'm going to go 2-0, Kane with both. Um, unfortunately, you know, I think we're going to end up finishing in seventh. <laughs> yeah, I think the same, unfortunately. I think we'll do our bit. Kane will probably snatch one 1-0 one late on, but I think also Wolves will do their bit also. Knowing Chelsea, they'll just roll over and have their bellies tickled. But... Whether that means we actually uh, get Europa League football, there could still be a hurdle for us to clear due to Wolves in the Europa League. We might have to start supporting them. Who knows? It's so complicated. We'll have to wait until um, next season to see if we're in Europe or not. But next week, we're back with the final episode of the season. We're going to have a party, or it could be a wake. Who knows? I don't know yet. We'll know that on Monday. So all I've got to do now is do the admin, which is thank my guests. It's as simple as thank you all three of them. Ohio, a cracking debut this evening. Thanks for your time. Awesome, boys. Pleasure to be here. Let me know when you want me back. Yes, mate. Next season, we'll have you booked in and ready to go once more. James, top work. A pleasure as always. Always a pleasure, mate. Thanks very much. And Carl, we're nearly over the finishing line. We are, mate. It's, 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 been, an, it's been a long season, um, but nearly done. It, it's ending much better than it kind of begun. And all we've got to wait for now is this Amazon documentary, which I think will send everyone over the edge once that is. Oh, I can't wait for that. I'm sure we'll have some content regarding that also. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on, you Spurs. For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.